25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. I don't have a Mike Leach quote. To start you today, I don't have one. What kind of intro is that? Welcome in. (laughs) I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. Deal with somebody one-on-one, probably somebody you already know, grew up with right there in town. That is your local Farm Bureau agent. That is why... They are the hometown heroes. Fender Bender, Saturday night at 11 p.m. So what? Call them. You have their cell phone number. You don't have to wait until Monday and call some processing center, 1-800 deal. You deal with somebody face-to-face, one-on-one, right there at home. Hey, what's up? Beaver's in today. It's your last day with me this week, Beave. I don't hear him. Where'd Beaver go? I'm going to assume it is. I think Roger will be back tomorrow. I believe. I do believe. It'll be Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood all over again. Hey, let me give you a heads up. Lots of baseball uh, for you today. State didn't play last night. That's the way it goes sometimes. Last night, they had rain, and it got rained out. They made the decision really early in the day also because the first game, which was Auburn versus uh, who? Louisville. Auburn versus Louisville in an elimination game. They got a few innings into it, rain delay, big monsoon, all that kind of stuff. So they delayed it and right away went ahead and said, ah, we're moving State Vanderbilt to Wednesday. So they moved it. You didn't have a game. So what that means is if you listen to yesterday's radio show, there was – Two hours, Uh, well, not the whole thing, but a lot of it in that two hours, previewing Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. (laughs) Could have replayed yesterday's show, but not going to do that. Instead, in just a couple of minutes, going to catch up with David Murray, who is in Omaha, Nebraska. He's at the Cosworld Series getting ready for that game today. We'll get some clarification on when they may start the State-Vandy game today. All that. It will be on TV. You'll be able to watch. Now, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of folks have said, well, they're going to start at 1 o'clock. They moved the state game to 1 o'clock on Wednesday. But that's not really entirely accurate. What it is is Auburn versus Louisville in the elimination game, they're going to start it on Wednesday morning here. And then 65 minutes after the completion of that one is when they will begin the state versus Vandy game. So it could be 1, it could be one thirty, it could be 2, it could be 2.30. What if Auburn and Louisville were to go to extras? I mean, you never know. So, you know, when State and Vandy play is going to be totally dependent on when the other game ends. Right? Right. 
Makes sense. So we're going to talk with David Murray. Uncle Dave, he's been around covering Mississippi State almost as long as Bob Ross did painting on PBS. Hi, I'm Bob Ross, and for the next 13 weeks, I'll be your host as we experience the joy of painting. That set the mood. I once said I was going to keep the Bob Ross theme handy just in case things ever got heated heat on the radio, got con- you know, contentious and angry, and we just all would calm down, listen to a little Bob Ross. Talking about happy little trees and stuff like that. And by wiggling it and pulling it, it pulls the paint toward the end of the bristles and sharpen it, just like you would a knife. Okay, look at how sharp that is. Boy, that son of a gun is just, you could shave with it. <laughs> Bob Ross. David Murray on the Divinity Equipment phone, live from Omaha, right this very minute. David, did you ever used to watch Bob Ross with his painting on I did not. I, I, I did not, but I am going to take a picture at TD Ameritrade Park that is going to make your day. Because I noticed when I walked in this year, the people in the back offices in the hallway where media enter, they have their fun, like some room there, the whole outline of the door is pink flamingos, uh, you know, like a Christmas tree light string. <laughs> well, one of them called itself Zombie Research Center, but underneath that sign is a picture of Bob Ross. Really? In the? I am not joking. I must send you that photo Please today. do. I thought of you when I saw that. Please send it. So it's a picture of Bob Ross underneath a sign that says Zombie Research Center? Absolutely. i got to have it. I've got to have that picture. Yeah, please send it along. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. So you see a lot of different things when you go to the College World Series in Omaha, including the uh, inevitable rain delay. There's been some of those in recent years. Didn't Wasn't there a delay in the World Series last year for State also, David? Yeah, State got thrown one day behind. Uh, a game previous to it was uh, weathered out. So, And here's the thing about Omaha. They do have it built in that uh, Wednesday and Thursday have only one game scheduled. So um, they they can slot things. just, And they will not play games out of cycle. Everything just moves down one notch uh-huh. in it. That's what happened last year. So State ended up playing evening games instead of a day game that it was a slotted bar in their second game, I believe, against North Carolina, which they won. So everything is still on track. Um, and to correct the misimpressions out there, Mississippi State put out a release a little bit too soon yesterday saying that the game time would be 1 o'clock. That's not true. Uh, or it may end up being true, but it's probably not, because instead Auburn and Louisville have five full innings to play because Auburn is trailing and they are the home team. And they will start at 11 o'clock. They must play those full five innings, no run rule, no seven innings, anything like that. Yeah. The next game will start an hour and five minutes. 65 minutes after that game concludes to give time to manicure the field. And also, I'm thinking that if those five innings take the normal amount of time, it will probably be at least 2 o'clock before the Bulldogs get on the field and face the Commodores. That's what I'm thinking, too. You know, and then, Lord forbid, they go to extras in that first one, but crazier things have happened there, too. So we'll just. Uh... Well, the weather forecast right now, I'm checking Omaha, the, the high today would be 24% rain chance, which falls right at 2 o'clock, by the way. But. After that, it looks like everything should be okay. Uh, tomorrow, slight rain chance as well. And uh, Friday, a little bit more of a chance up in the 30s, but nothing, most of that in the morning. So I think we're going to get this series back on schedule. 
Okay. Okay. What is um, a guy like Peyton Plumley? What does he go through when they, you know, he wakes up on one day on Tuesday? He's your starting pitcher. He knows it, and the whole day goes about, you know, kind of preparing to get ready to go, and then you get a, you know, a postponement to the following day. So you just shelve all of it. Like I wonder if his process of getting ready was interrupted, or did they give him the delay early enough? I think everybody had a pretty good clue based on the forecast that State was not going to play baseball last night. So they, uh, I arrived at the park sometime around noon before the Auburn game started, and even then you could tell they were going to be very fortunate just to get that game done and probably not a second game. Then once they rescheduled till a 9 o'clock restart, which again never happened, Mississippi State knew just stay at the hotel, restart your cycle, and I think it'll be okay because I don't think Peyton Plumley minds getting an extra day's rest and preparation. Now, they've done all the scouting they can do, and I, I have to believe that Peyton, being the senior that he is, was able to relax, unwind, and just you know go through the regular process and not worry too much about it, not get too obsessive about the opponent. It, it may end up being a good thing. It may end up being a bad thing. We don't know. I have to think it would probably be a bigger benefit now to uh, Vanderbilt's Kumar Rocker because, again, he threw a week ago Monday. Mm-hmm. So now he gets that extra day's rest. Yeah. Um, but once you get down that stage, at the here at the end of the long season, yes, pitchers like to get in the routine, but the way the SEC structures a regular season schedule with so many Thursday starts, then Friday starts, then back and forth to the SEC tournament, then the regional, super regionals, pitchers get pretty adaptable at this level. Do you like State's chances? I do now, uh, strictly for one thing. Rocker had a great game against Duke, obviously, but A, Duke's not a great offensive team, and B, it was a night game. Mm-hmm. And the type of pitching he throws is really, it, it's tough to pick up the spin on his balls when it's dark. I think throwing in the day will give the Bulldog batters a little bit better look. Now, again, this being baseball, all that fine conventional wisdom could be blown <laughs> out the window yeah. as early as the first inning because it is baseball after all. But you look at it objectively and think that, yes, that should take a little bit of edge off the efficiency of the freshman and state, who of course have not seen him, but they have not. They did see Peyton Plumley for one inning at Hoover, but that was in mop-up duty, so I don't think they can read too much into that as well, because of course Plumley did not throw against them last season at all. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is only the second time Mississippi State and Vanderbilt have ever met in any sort of postseason beyond the SEC tournament. And the other time, of course, was last year's Super Regionals, and that uh, turned out pretty good for those Bulldogs. Yeah, it did. David Murray on your radio. He is live in Omaha covering the College World Series, and State and Vandy game is today. I want to ask you about Chris Limonis. Um You've covered a lot of coaches, four of them, in fact, in the last four years. That's been well documented. <laughs> but um, in, in dealing with him and the way he operates and – in terms of you know releasing information and working with media and all that kind of stuff, what kind of coach is he, and what's your experience been like? I think he's been very good to work with. Um, I'm not going to say he's guarded, but he is pretty uh, wise about how much he does and doesn't give away mm-hmm. about pursuing plans, but he's affable. He'll answer direct questions, sometimes with a touch of humor. Like in the press conference uh, Sunday evening, we asked him, all right, have you picked a pitcher for the Tuesday, of course now Wednesday game? He said, well, that'll be the first question asked tomorrow at practice, and I'll have an answer then. (laughs) So naturally we said, all right, it's the next day. You predicted the first question. Do you have one? He said, no, (laughs) and then just deadpan and then broke into a laugh. So he's willing to have some fun with us. I think here's another thing, Matt, that 
Yes, he comes from a Louisville program that got some attention at Indiana. But I think coaches in baseball, more than most sports, appreciate media attention, especially what you get places like Mississippi State and Ole Miss and LSU, where there's actually a full press corps covering the sport. And some coaches may not like it, but in baseball they tend to thrive on it. And Chris Lamonis has really welcomed the fact that here at this program he gets a lot of attention, but he gets attention for people that appreciate the game of baseball, which is not always true in a lot of places. I mean, can you imagine some of the questions that guys from UCLA or you know Michigan baseball, for that example, who, by the way, I've got finally I've seen them face-to-face. That's a really good Michigan team. No doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. Great defense, good pitching. I would not count them out at all being in the championship series. So let's, let's be clear on that. Sure. But those guys are more used to, to media that focus on other sports. Here at Mississippi State, the media court has no baseball, and I think Coach Chris Lamonis likes that. And to me, what the greatest thing he's done is probably the toughest thing for a new coach to do in any sport. He's let the team be himself. He didn't walk in here thinking, I've got to put my stamp on this team. They've got to do things my way. I'm going to establish that this is my program. He was a wise man to walk in and see, I've got a pretty well veteran team that came together last year. It's my job now to tweak and push and finesse a little bit. But he has said so often now that even the players have started tuning it out, and he knows it, that this is the players' team. And he is perfectly fine with that. To me, that takes a lot more guts from a coach than it does having to go and prove that it's my program. Yeah, no question. You know, and the other thing, too, about him is when you watch Chris Lamonas during games and in interviews and talking to umpires, you don't see you know a ton of outbursts outside of that time the the umpire warned Ethan Small when he did the little <laughs> hesitation but you don't see a lot of emotional outbursts he's really even keel in terms of on the surface but like Brett Hudson did some research talked to some former teammates people at the Citadel and stuff and found that kind of behind the scenes he can be a a, 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 a what's the right word um Kind of emotional. He energetic. Can, yeah, energetic. You know, so I, I get the sense that maybe behind the scenes, in terms of how he works with his players and stuff, and that leadership style behind the scenes, maybe a lot different than what we see on camera. What do you think? Yeah, you can tell. You can tell he's in charge of practices. The few practices we get to watch, of course, and you know, and I don't mean batting practice pregame because I mean he'll sit down and you know, talk with the media. And yet, matter of fact, uh, Sunday during batting practice, State didn't have time to get on the field pregame. I stood down there in the batting tunnel and chatted with him along with a member of the security staff uh, from the stadium. We just sat there chatted while the team went about their batting practice there. So he can be really loose and relaxed on game day. In fact, and this, this reminds me sometimes of how fans are just amazing creatures sometimes. Over the season, we've had our message board folk, some of them, not all, and just a few, but get on to Lamonis. Oh, why don't you stand up for your team? Why don't you show some more passion? Why don't you show you care about what's happening to them? <laughs> it's, it's like they want him to rant and rave about yeah. every little thing. That well, we heard the there. same well, thing about Moorhead. You know, we heard that same thing absolutely. about him in football season. Uh, I'll give you two things. One, that's not his personality on the field. And to a veteran team, they know what's going on out there. So it's not like they need their head coach to go out there and stand up for them and take the proverbial blow for them and get kicked out of games and such. But second, never forget, and I think this applies to Joe Moorhead as well, 
and certainly in the regular season, you got to be around a year or so before SEC referees or umpires going to cut you much slack when you complain. Because they like to show a new coach who's boss as well. So I think he handled that very wisely. Yeah. David, you mentioned uh, media attention, you know, and, and dealing with it. Baseball coaches, especially college baseball coaches, they like it. They appreciate media attention and coverage. It's one thing at State, Ole Miss, and LSU, teams like that around here. You don't have to worry about that. Plenty of attention and coverage. But of the teams in Omaha, is it in terms of media there and numbers of media and outlets covering teams, is it Mississippi State and then everybody else? Or is there a lot of media there? Um, with, with Arkansas departing, that took a good chunk out of it because uh, their press corps had pretty easy access relative to most programs to get here. And now um, Bob Holt, our good friend, and all yeah. that crew now has checked out because they don't have a team to cover, and they're already starting to turn their attention to uh, June, July and media days. Oh, June 7th, July 17th <laughs> comes way too fast for our business. It'll be here it, soon, buddy. I know. But, um, yeah, it, it's not nearly as crowded now. And, of course, I, I give Omaha credit for what they do is since you play on alternate days, although now this kind of messes it up, they reseat the press box every day with who's covering those teams. Because mm. unless it's a national site like D1 Baseball or you know ESPN and others, those seats stay the same. Otherwise, you cycle like – I would. I did not have a seat the previous day, but I didn't expect one because I was not covering either of those games. And there's ro- overflow room to where you can work there as well. So it's uh, it's fascinating to watch. But yeah, if you want a full press box, you have State and LSU, or State and Ole Miss, or LSU, some combination, and now Arkansas there, and then the people turn out. It's just a different game down here. And I was talking with legendary coach Gene Stevenson, mm-hmm. uh, who coached Wichita State from the '70s to the '90s. Uh, still one of the winningest coaches in history. And we had some talks about what baseball was back in the day. And by the way, it's his brother who holds the NCAA base hits record, oh. the one that um, Jake Mangum is not going to be able to reach but because it's just way out there at this point. But anyway, and just he talked about how there was just no attention back in the day at Old Rosenblatt. I mean, you have a few press corps there, but not much. So they never had to deal with press conferences or things like that. But like I said, baseball coaches now welcome it. And baseball players, as a rule, handle media better than most other sports because they're not trying to guard themselves or protect themselves like you see in football and basketball. Mm-hmm. That's always been true in pro, I guess, well, certainly the last 30, 40 years. But it's gotten that way in college, too, where your basketball, baseball, football players are almost protected from the media, whereas baseball, you still have a little more access and the guys enjoy it. And generally, you get smarter questions. You know, we, we, we're... we're we can ask our share of dumb questions, don't get me wrong, but they tend to get better questions about baseball and respond to it and know how to talk with media a little bit better. Right. So that's why, Matt, I've always told people, yes, the biggest events in sports in the college game would be the college football playoffs or SEC championship game. I'm fortunate to have covered one of those myself. Obviously, the NCAA basketball tournament Final Four is just off the charts in media attention, but so much of those are people who don't cover the team's locally or fully during the season the college world series is the is so much more relaxed enjoyable oh yes the teams absolutely want to win it's life or death once the game starts but away from the field they're sitting there chatting they're enjoying each other because they cross paths so much in summer ball things like that the media they can talk to other teams with no problem old coaches come around it's just such a pleasant enjoyable event 
and I tell fans that even if you're not working, even if you don't have a team, make the trip here because it's worth it, and you will begin to appreciate a little bit of what, honestly, college sports should still be like, but is not. Sure. David, real quick, 30 seconds. Was there anything to the initial rumors last year of Tim Corbin as a candidate for the state job? Uh, John Cohen did reach out to him just to kind of take the temperature. They knew it probably wouldn't happen because of all the huge, huge built-in advantages that Vanderbilt has, which could consume an entire show yes. telling you about it. But it's still interesting. You know, he, he interviewed Dan McDonald, who is in the same bracket, of course. Uh, I think he had some contact with Texas Tech's coach along the way and others that he met. But, no, I think that was more of kind of, hey, would you just remotely be interested? And, of course, he wasn't. So yeah. it didn't go far there. But uh, – it put this way, why would you leave Vanderbilt when you got the operation going that Coach Corbin has? No doubt about it. Needs-based scholarships. One of these days we are going to oh, do a boy. show about that. David, thank you, man. Matt, good to talk to you. You as well. Thank you. That's David Murray. Y'all follow him on Twitter at DogsBiteMag. Yeah, look it up. Look up Vanderbilt baseball and needs-based scholarships. Pretty interesting. Very, in fact, especially if you're keeping up with college baseball. Later in the show, we'll talk with John Cohen. Next, your phone calls and your texts. Get them in. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. show i'm matt in the farm bureau studio farm bureau go with the home team beaver is in today for rogers so it ain't mr rogers neighborhood anymore not today it will be again starting tomorrow Uh uh-huh beaver uh we we've discovered the last couple of days that we have a lot in common. Yeah, we have. You know, certain things that we like. Our sense of humor is similar. I should have known that because, frankly, every time I've listened to you and Chris um, on the gridiron on uh, the Zone one hundred five nine in Jackson, I always get a kick out of it. Y'all are funny. You're not, and it's one of those like you're not really always trying to be, but y'all have y'all have. You're funny. So I should have known maybe we had a similar sense of humor. Found out yesterday you're you're a Bama guy. I'm from Alabama. You're kind of a Bama guy. You had family member who played for the Bear, you know. So yeah, we got some things in common. Yeah. Yeah, we're learning. We're learning and we're sharing. <laughs> I learned that you once wore the green man suit. 
from (laughs) that was quite the night i can imagine you know to if i'm just thinking about it like a night out paired with anonymity (laughs) is while a novel concept it seems to me to be like um dangerous you know what i'm saying what if you're running around in a green man suit? Well, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. That's not necessarily anonymity, but but it sort of is. Like the green man was it the full on green man suit like pulled over your face or just? Oh, yeah, it was. It was the whole thing. It's one. You know how he wears yes. it and it's always sunny. One big piece. One big piece, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like strangers do not know who's inside the suit, so there right. may be things you could do and get away with. It's like mascots. I've always wanted to be a mascot. Maybe not permanently, but at least try it. Like having on, say, Big Al be the elephant from Alabama or Bully be inside the Bulldog suit at State or like the San Diego chicken. Do you know how much fun you could have and nobody would know who's responsible for it? (laughs) You know, I mean, those guys have so much fun. I just have always wanted to try that. And wearing the green man suit is kind of similar to being a mascot. It's There's a veil over your face. We don't know who's behind the green mask. We don't know. Well, you know what? Okay. Well, Matt, now that we're on mascots, because we've, we're, gonna, we're about to discover yet another similarity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because now that we're talking about this, that brings me back to my senior year of high school. I went to Pearl, Pearl High School. Pirates, we are the, what's up? Yeah, yeah buddy. I tried out to be the pirate. Did you really? And you had to, like, perform a little, I guess, skit or routine or whatever it was. Uh-huh. And you had to, like, do it to music. Okay. My choice was Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> and I'm in there, you know, doing these hand motions and whatnot, violent hand gestures, to Motley Crue in Pearl in a back room at Pearl High School. <laughs> I didn't get the gig, by the way, you but didn't get it's, a, it. it's a good story. <laughs> it is a good story. Lord, I would love to see that. Is there any documentation of that? Hey, and listen, uh, I've got a friend, I've known him for several years. He is now a comedian. His name is uh, Jamie Arrington. He is a Southern Miss guy. He's a Southern Miss Golden Eagle through and through. Like it goes back way several generations with him. And uh, for a lot of his life, he was a mascot, okay? He was, I forget the name of the eagle mascot there at um, at Southern Miss, but he has a name. Anyway, he was the, the eagle mascot at Southern Miss. He was also the mascot for the Chicago Bears of the NFL for a lot of years. Oh. Yeah, and then jumped out of that and became a stand-up comedian. Neat guy, funny guy, and good guy. And he can tell some phenomenal stories about. He actually, I think it was Alabama, where he was the eagle mascot for Southern Miss, and he got into not just a play fight but a real fight with the Alabama mascot. And things went downhill, and there was like a suspension, and yeah. So we we got to get him on to tell that story at some point. It was really good, really good. Do you know who has sort of become the de facto mascot 
for Vanderbilt. Oh. See, they're the Commodores, but and they actually have a Commodore who struts around. But he is no longer okay. It's, thank you, Jay Clay on the text line at eight eight five ESPN says it's Seymour the Eagle. I just couldn't remember the name. Thank you, Southern Miss. No, the mascot for Vanderbilt has kind of become the Whistlers, the Vandy Whistlers. If you're at all familiar with college baseball and you follow it, you're going to know about this. these two guys, the Vandy Whistlers, that cause all these issues for fans because of their incessant um, whistling. They just... It's intrusive, is what it is. It's intrusive, incessant whistling. Wherever they go, and I emphasize that for a reason. But here's the story. I don't know if you saw this. Reported by media and and the like in Omaha, Nebraska yesterday. They didn't play yesterday, but the story came out yesterday. The Vandy Whistler, and I don't know why it's singular because it's two different guys. But it says the Vandy Whistler can be ejected for excessive whistling at the College World Series, according to a spokesperson for TD Ameritrade Park yesterday. Christina Engdahl, Director of Communication for Omaha's Metropolitan Entertainment Convention Authority, who operates TD Ameritrade Park, gave this quote. We are, as a building policy, reactive when we get a slew of negative comments or complaints both online and in person. Then we are obligated to follow our building policy, which is that we give one warning, and when we are able to address disruptive behavior. And that, after that, we examine whether we take further action. And if they have to, they'll eject them. The policy at TD Ameritrade Park prohibits, quote, disruptive noise-making of any kind, including bells, whistles, and air horns. If you, and everybody knows this, if as a Mississippi State fan, if you go to TD Ameritrade Park and you sneak a cowbell in there and start ringing it, what is going to happen? Gone. See ya. They're going to confiscate the bell and send you packing. Your tickets are no longer valid. And everybody knows that. So they're going to kick him out if he's whistling his head off and they get complaints because they've already warned him. The story came out. They've already warned him. He confirmed that, that he's already been warned by the people at the park. Uh, and there's quotes on the story. And then I get a, t- a tweet like this from Chase on Twitter. I am Radio Wyatt. From Chase, who says, The Vandy Whistler is to you what cowbells are to all other fans. That's after I retweeted something about they're going to kick the Vandy Whistler out. Here's the thing, though, and I responded this way on Twitter. Cowbells are not allowed in opposing stadiums or in Omaha, period. They're not. Therefore, they're not in there. There will be no cowbells ringing at a game in Hoover, in Oxford or at the College World Series in Omaha. In fact, there are almost none ringing at Mississippi State baseball games. Football is different. 
So then Chase responded back to me on Twitter and said, I'm aware of that, and the Vandy whistlers are super annoying to me, but two guys whistling don't compare on a number of levels to 40,000 cowbells clanging. Just ironic. That's all. P.S. Mississippi Sports Talk isn't close to the same without you. (laughs) Thank you, Chase. I appreciate it. But here's my thing, Chase. Here's what I'm saying is what's different about this Vandy whistler thing is, number one, it's not 40,000 people in unison. It's one guy, or in in this case, two, but they alternate, who do this selfishly. It's for attention, yet they use the, the avenue of Vandy baseball to be able to go out and get some attention. If you're not trying to get attention, then why do one of the whistlers drive around in a Vanderbilt painted van and on the side it says, the Whistler. Look, it's about attention for these two yahoos. So that's different in that way. And the other thing that is different is that they take this wherever they go and do not care about anybody. They take this to Hoover. They take it to your stadium. Host Vanderbilt in, our, in Oxford or somewhere and see what happens. So opposing stadiums or away from Nashville, they absolutely have the right to run them out of there the same way they do anytime someone sneaks a cowbell into a neutral site or opposing stadium. That's what I like about this. Stick around. I'm Matt, Farm Bureau Studio. The Matt Wyatt Show. Text me, call me. You can call the Divinity Equipment phone line. And that'll get you in. 995-1059. Got it? It's a 601 number. 995-1059. You can also text the show. It's 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. Preacher Paul texts the show. Says, Matt, do you have any sound of the Vandy Whistler you can play on air? I don't. Roger, a while back, found a sound clip. And he would play it and, like, turn the volume up really loud and not tell me it was coming. And and he'd just get me every time. I mean, it's just... (laughs) So he's got it. I don't know where it is. And then, let's see. Fluffy. It's interesting. We just got a text from Preacher Paul. Fluffy texts and said he looked up the other guy. His name's Preacher Franklin. It's some guy named Jeff who's the really obnoxious one who was sitting in seats he didn't pay for down close in Hoover, and they got him, made him move back. And But Fluffy says he looked up the other one, and it looks like he didn't graduate from Vandy. Yeah, you know, you don't necessarily have to graduate from a school to be a fan of that school, so I'm, I'm not sure that's, that's here nor there, but we'll see. Uh, Jack on the Divini Equipment phone. What's up, Jack? Hey, how you doing, Matt? I'm great. <laughs> Uh, 
these guys, these Vandy Whistlers, I, I, I can't stand people even equating these guys to being a fan because they're not doing any of this to support a team. Right. These guys are they're obnoxious. They do it to draw attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. Cowbells are for ostensibly to support a team. People ring them in support of their team, not to draw attention to themselves. Right. And these and these and these guys purposely seek out the microphones uh, in the stadium to stick closely so it picks up on the broadcast. That's right. They, 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 these guys aren't fans. They're they're mentally damaged, obnoxious people. That's what they are. Let's be honest. That's what they are. Somebody who. Who does something all the time, and you see one of these clowns has got his car all made up yep. with it that he drives right. around. Mm-hmm. A, this is this is a obnoxious, attention-seeking behavior. That's exactly right, them. Jack. I totally agree and, with and you. They, they, they should not be celebrated a bit. They should be. Man, I don't know about you. When I grew up, people who were purposely obnoxious, I called them douchebags growing up. I don't know what they count in your world, but that's <laughs> what these guys are. Well, and Jack, here's the other thing. Um, it's a fact that in some recent television broadcasts, um, the TV broadcasting company that we yeah. don't ha- we don't have to name, but has four letters, uh, insta- yeah. installed dummy microphones to try to fool them. Yeah, did no, you I mean, know that, that, you, these guys? That's what these guys are about. They they shouldn't be celebrated. They should be what you do to obnoxious people everywhere. What what a social community things you do? You shun people like that. Mm. Of course, these guys have no shame. So they, the more negative tension they get, the more that feeds them. That, that tells you something about these guys. Well, and see, the and, thing uh, about it is, Jack, you know, they're they're rooting for Vandy. I've made the offhand comment before, just joking, saying it's the most Vanderbilt thing I've ever seen. But what it is, some, not very many, but some of the Vanderbilt fans uh, say that they get a kick out of it. They like it, and the reason is, again, because it's getting attention, and that's something that Vanderbilt has not gotten a lot of over the years, especially well, in, in regard to athletics. Yeah, well, I mean, somebody wants to be known for being obnoxious, That, like I said, that's a pretty good right. window into their character, you know what I mean? I agree. And people like that, uh, to me, they're low on the totem pole. I don't I don't give those type people credit. I don't care about people like that and their, and their feelings. I don't give them any – I don't – put any stock in it, you know? Yeah. Those, those people are negative. Yeah. But I will say this, though, Matt. There are people at Mississippi State that do ring cowbells obnoxiously. No doubt. I will agree with that. No doubt about They're, it. I mean, they, 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 they never stop ringing them. It's, it's third and two, and running back Mississippi State gets one yard. Guess what they do? They ring the bell. It's, it's like a – I can't stand that. And it used to not be that way at Mississippi State, even when you played, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. People would ring the bell – after a good play, or, and, and you know, if it's a big play, third down, that kind of stuff, building tension. But now, people ring them every play. Some of them ring them nonstop the whole game, regardless of what the, it's, so it's not, it's, it's a similar thing for some people with the Cowbells. I do admit that. Yeah. But yeah. the purpose is different. They're not doing it to draw attention to themselves. The purpose is totally different. That's right. And, yeah. and again, yeah. you know, the thing about it is, when you do have 40,000, people in a in in the home stadium doing it in unison it really it, it it it's it's different it's not drawing attention to one person and the few who don't right. obey the few who don't obey the ring responsibly thing it really kind of keeps them from getting a lot of attention like there is no attention right. for somebody who doesn't 
you know, right. follow those rules. And you're right. So this is a deal where this is, hey, look how I can stand out, and then I'm going to go toe-to-toe. Yep. And, you know, the other thing is, too, it's one thing to do it in your home stadium. It's another yeah, thing exactly. to take it wherever you go. State fans can't and don't and and really don't really care that they can't take all those cowbells to TD Ameritrade. Right. State fans don't care that they can't take them up there. Right. We'll do it at home, but not on the road because those are the rules, and you want to go in. Right. Well, it, there's a reason that TD Ameritrade – it's just like I said, Jack. Every state fan in Omaha knows if I walk up in that stadium and ring a cowbell, they're going to take the cowbell and kick me out, and that's it. I'm gone. I understand yep. it. I'm yep. going to follow those rules. The same rules should apply to a, an inconsiderate fan like the Whistlers. If you go up in there yep. and you do it, they're going to kick you out. And it looks like yep. that's what they've told them. If you do it again, we're, we're making you leave. I, I, I suspect that's exactly what they're going to do because they want to get kicked out. They, they want, want the they, attention. There's not there's, there's nothing else. There's no other place for these for these losers to go, right? Well, they could if, go if, sit if, out. If you're negativity, what else can you do? If they're saying, "Hey, we're going to kick you out," well, then I'd rather have negative attention than no attention for those clowns. Right. Well, maybe if they get kicked out, they can go sit in their van where it says Whistler on the side and bask in their yeah. own glory. All right. Appreciate you, Jack. Yeah. Thanks for the call, buddy. Have a good one. Yep. You too. Um, let's see, we got a text here <clears throat> from an unnamed texter. No, from Will. Got a text from Will. It says, please do not play the Vandy Whistler on air. <laughs> it's like nails on a chalkboard. He says, I agree with the caller. People at the game and at home are trying to watch a baseball game and relax. Yeah, it's true. Um, that's the other thing, too, is, you know, it's really annoying to the people at home because, you know, it never stops. It's... Uh, it's intrusive. It's interrupting, and they do. Uh, some of the TV broadcasts have tried to set up dummy microphones to make that one particular guy who always seeks out the microphone to. They try to put one up to fool him, so that it's not a hot mic, and they put the hot mic elsewhere. You're still going to hear it. It's just not going to be so loud, because they've had a few times where he purposely found the right nat sound microphone. The crowd mic got close to it. And people at home couldn't watch it on TV because of it. Matt on the text line says, I saw a woman sitting by the whistler have to cover her ears the whole time. I'd put up with that for about a minute before I'd have to make him stop. About three, four years ago, a woman from Mississippi, um, I think she was an Ole Miss fan at the SEC tournament in Hoover, walked over a few rows, politely asked him to give it a rest, and this guy, Jeff, whatever his name is, one of his hair slicked back, uh, threw a fit, made a big scene, called the security and told them that she stepped on his foot and all this. He's an idiot. <clears throat> so, you know, Vandy really needs to do something about it, too. Just get under control. It's not like you, you, you don't want to tell anybody not to whistle every now and then. You may do it in celebration. You may do a cheer every now and then, whatever. It just can't be constant. You got you to gotta get it under control. If you want to stay in there. Um, but on the road, they take care of it. They can do whatever they want for home games. Uh, somebody texts and says, it's simple. Cowbells are mostly at football games, which is already a really loud, raucous environment. Whistlers at a baseball game that are mostly laid back, quieter environments. It's annoying, constant rhythmic noise that interrupts about everything. And that's true. That's true. The football atmosphere versus the baseball atmosphere is very different. That's a big reason why state 
does not want people going into the baseball games ringing cowbells is because the environment is totally different. Um, and so there's some, not everything is black and white. There's some nuance in it for state. But the one thing that is black and white is that you can't take cowbells anywhere in the world. <laughs> well, I say world. In the SEC, on the road in other stadiums, neutral sites, all that. The occasional bowl game will let you bring them in there because they're happy for you to come into town and buy a hotel room for three days. But other than that, road games are not going to let them in there, nor should they. DJ on the phone. What's up, DJ? Hey, thanks for taking my call. But let me throw my two cents in, and I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with this, but somebody needs to punch that guy right in the mouth and then escort him out, okay? And I'm going to say this. It's just like that drunk state fan that sticks a cowbell in an opposing fan's face at a home game. He needs to be escorted out, too. And yeah. you know that happens sometimes. we got drunk fans that they'll turn around and just stick it in an opposing fan's face. Mm-hmm. I got no, but, the, but here's my deal with the whistle. Is he really supporting his team, or has he been on Twitter so much and vilified so much that he's trying to aggravate people? It's, it's to that point now, DJ. You're right. Hey, and I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I appreciate your call. You just got to be respectful of the people around you. That's all it is to it. Hey, and we grow up in life knowing there are some consequences. Man, if I'm a real turd to the people around me, somebody may punch my lights out. I kind of know that going in. So that dictates how I might behave. All right, hour two coming up here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. 